Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. All right. Good morning. Good to see all of you, all of you online. Thanks for being here as well. Um, Today we are uh, in the next to last message in this series, God's Masterpiece, And how many of you like talking and thinking about yourself, right? Yeah? Come, people, let's be honest. How many of you like talking and thinking about yourself, right? It's one of our favorite pastimes. Now, today, we're going to look at a a closer look, really, at how God made us, because we're in this series, God's Masterpiece, so we're going to look at that masterpiece. What what pieces did he use? What, What elements did he put together to make you who you are? Because if we're going to ask that question that we've been asking this entire series, like, what are those good things God created us to do? And, like, how, how are we supposed to do that? If we're going to answer that question, we would be wise to, to look at how God put us together, the things that he used to put us together to do those good things well. Like we talked about last week, there are some of those good things that are universal, like caring for the spiritual condition of the lost, but each and every one of us are unique creations. And so the good things that I have prepared for me to do might be very different from the good things that you have prepared for you to do. So how do we know? And I get it. This is what we're talking about today. We're talking about this journey of discovering more about how God made you. And that doesn't happen in a day, does it? That takes, you know, a process of doing life with God and being aware of yourself in that relationship, being aware of yourself in that, in that picture, noticing what brings you joy and what doesn't, noticing what draws you closer into worship and maybe what pulls you out of it, what lights a spark in you to do life with him, and maybe what tempts you to run away from him, what brings you confidence in him, and maybe something that brings you shame, right? See, this process of discovering more about who you are can bring some incredible blessings, but at the same time, I think it can reveal some of the deeper struggles that are holding you back from being and doing all God wanted you to be and do. And so look, look at today as kind of a starting point, the first of many days of discovering and figuring out this masterpiece of you. And to help, we've been using this shape system for years and years and years around here. And and part of this system, there are tools and models that you can use to discover more and more about you. And there's lots of them that you've probably heard of, the Myers-Briggs assessment or DISC or the Enneagram or spiritual gift inventories. So many of these things, and doing deeper studies into any of them can bring you greater understanding of how God made you. But as the British mathematician George Box says, all models are wrong, but some are useful. All models are wrong. 
These different tools, they're, they're not going to reveal everything about you. They're, you may not fit perfectly into any one of those, those boxes or those models. It's, it's kind of interesting. Pastor Brian and I, we uh, test almost perfectly identical on the Myers-Briggs assessment, but many of the other ones were completely different. And so all models are wrong, but some are useful when they're put into action. And so these, again, may not be 100% accurate, but much of this can be applied and can be helpful when applied, um, especially as we're doing life with God. And so you have notes, you have a piece of paper, hopefully you have a pencil or a pen, and so write down some notes as we go through this stuff. It's going to be a bit much this morning. It's almost like a shotgun approach. There's going to be a lot of information out there, but write down some thoughts as we go through this, as we dive into shape. And shape, what that stands for is spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. And when we put all of those things together, it gives us a picture, right? It's a framework for how God's created you. And it's not everything, and it's not going to be perfect, but it gives us a picture of you. And see, God, God created everything in this world for, for a purpose, including you. Like, none of us are here by accident. God designed you for a reason before you were even born. And God didn't simply sit down at a computer and have randomly select all these components and, you know, out pops you. Like, that's not how that works. You were personally and purposefully planned and, and created and designed by God. He wove together the genetic code that makes you who you are. And your uniqueness because each of us is unique. Your uniqueness is what God wants you to put out into the world, to make a difference in the world. Thousand years ago, thousands of years ago, David spoke these words in Psalm 190, or 139. He says, O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. And then in an entirely different context, uh, a man named Job, many of you are familiar with his story, he had a pretty tragic life. And even in the midst of all of that tragedy, he says, your hands formed me and shaped me. Because there's, there's a designer, you're not an accident. You might look at your life and you might say, you know, I'm, I'm not really a masterpiece. My life's kind of a mess. But God says, I love you just like you are. I knit you and formed you and created you. And so God has a plan for uh, you to make a difference in this life. And he doesn't, you know this, he doesn't promise to make life easy or pain-free or anything like that. But he does promise you can make a difference based on how he's created you. And so let's take a look at these five things that make up this, this shape system. And the first one is God wants you to discover your spiritual gifts. Discover your spiritual gifts. The Bible says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. 
There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And so God gives us these gifts as a means to support and help one another within the church, the entire church. It goes on, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. And, and Paul goes on and he lists even more gifts. And there's lots of passages that you can look up to, to see lists of spiritual gifts. But some of you haven't discovered this about yourself yet, have you? But you have a spiritual gift if you've put your faith in Jesus. It may be the gift of teaching or the gift of discernment, this idea of knowing right from wrong. Or, and again, write down some notes. What is it in you that you, that you feel is your, your spiritual gift? It might be the gift of faith or the gift of encouragement or the gift of service, the gift of mercy. Some of you, uh, you have the gift of hospitality where you just welcome people in and you're so welcoming. You invite them into your home and you take care of their needs. You see, we're, we're not all gifted the same way, which is not just okay, it's actually a, a beautiful thing that makes the church so dynamic, right? We all come together with all of these different gifts we've been given to support one another, like giving or leadership or administration, teaching, mercy, wisdom, discernment, all of these things. But what I've noticed is many of us are so unaware Many of us don't know that we have a spiritual gift. And so if that's you, you're like, I don't even know where to start figuring all this out. This is kind of strange to me. At the bottom of your notes, and if you're online, in the notes section of your screen, um, there are two email addresses. One is a member of our women's ministry, Ginger, and then the other is David, a member of our men's leadership team. And they're like waiting and eager to help you walk through finding out your shape, starting with your spiritual gifting. And they would love to hear from you. And so that's a great next step. If this, this whole idea of spiritual gifts is a little bit foreign to you. But then the next thing in shape is the H, which stands for heart. Define your heart. And so think, what do I really, really love in life? What, what are you passionate about? What do you love to dream about? Some of you love designing and creating and crafting things. You love to build tables and chairs and all of that kind of stuff. Some of you are more people-oriented. and You just have a heart for people, helping people succeed in whatever they're doing, um, walking through hurt with people. You're just incredible at that, and you love doing that. I love tinkering. Any tinkers in the, in the, in the room? Yep, some back there, some back there. I, I just love figuring out how things work so I can fix them. Like, my daughter just sat on her glasses again, right? <laughs> We've put so much money into glasses, it's unbelievable. But, but figuring out how best to, to put that back together so she can continue wearing them, right? I love that. So what is it for you? Philippians 2, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He's not forcing you to like stuff or desire stuff, but through the Holy Spirit, he's helping you and giving, helping give you desires that, that please him. So what are those things in you? Think about that. Start writing some of those down. 
It's not an accident that you love certain things and desire certain things and have interests and other people have different interests. So define what that is and then think about how can I express this desire, this love for God? Right? What would that even look like? How do you, how do you tinker for God? Right? <laughs> that takes some thought. This is the first of many days, figuring out your shape. Then the A in shape stands for your abilities and develop your abilities. And as you develop your abilities, that's going to influence the impact that you have in this life. And again, this is all in an effort to figure out how God made you and how you can uniquely fulfill the good things that he's prepared for you to do and created you to do. And so part of figuring that out is improving on the natural abilities that that you have. And so when I was graduating high school, I was dumb, right? You ever think back to that time? I was an idiot. Anyways, more importantly, when I was graduating high school, I knew I um, liked working with kids and teens, and I was pretty good at teaching, you know, having patience with people. And so I went to college to get an education degree. And I got that, and I started to work in some of the local school districts around uh, where I was living in Pittsburgh, and, but God had something a little bit different for me. And so I got started working in the local church, and I started teaching uh, Bible lessons to kids and to teens, and then and I started exercising that ability. And then in my, I was 20-something, right? I was young. What is that song? Young, dumb, and broke, or whatever that was. That was me. But I got thrown into this small group with, like, couples two to three times my age. It was maybe one of the most terrifying things, because they're like, here you go, Jason, lead this group of people way more mature than you. And so I had to exercise that ability. How do I teach adults now? And then over the years, years later, God progressively putting me into different positions and places to exercise this ability I'm now teaching God's word in front of all of you, right? So exercise, develop abilities, and see how God can use that. But I have other abilities, too, that God uses. Um, Music, for instance. Believe it or not, Stephanie and I, we met leading worship together in college. And so if you're in college, that's, that's a hint to you. Like, get into a Christian group in college. It will make a huge difference in your college life, but also in your, your entire, the rest of your life. But God used that in really every church I've ever been in. Even here, I, I used to lead worship for the kids back there, right? Or uh, my, that back to that tinkering thing. I've always been the, hey, can you fix my computer guy, right? In all of those churches. But, so that's a little snapshot of me. But what is it for you? What are those abilities? Maybe it's graphics. Maybe you should be helping with our, our, our graphics that we do. Maybe it's teaching, what writing, promoting, researching, drama, gosh, cleaning, welcoming, creating. What is it that you just have natural talent in? In the parable of the talents, Jesus gave to each servant according to his ability. And some of you, you, you think, well, I don't have any real abilities. But of course you do. Maybe you don't recognize them yet. I found this interesting and fascinating. The National Endowment for the Arts tells us that the average person has 500 to 700 different skills and abilities. Isn't that interesting? Yet, the Gallup poll tells us that only 10% of people are able to identify their natural abilities. 
their natural talents. Only 10%. It's fascinating. It's strange. But some of you are good with numbers, way better than me. Some of you have natural ability with words. You're, good, you're a good speaker or you're a good writer. You, some, we all have different abilities, right? Some of you have the ability to work with people. Some of you have the ability to work with people nobody else wants to work with. Like, but you're good at that. And that's an amazing, amazing thing. Others of you, you can think of great ideas and, and abstract thoughts, and you can synthesize those together and put them together. Some of you have that mechanical engineering mind that's just amazing. You may have an ability to entertain where other people just fall flat on their face when they try to do that. It might be cooking, recruiting, researching. Maybe it's landscaping that you're just incredible at. In the Old Testament, Exodus 31 says, then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts. See, and, and God's given you some incredible abilities as well. Some of you are just amazingly talented, but maybe nobody knows that. Some of you have so much talent, but when a talent is just kind of used for yourself, it eventually becomes a little bit empty. And so the, the challenge, the thought process is, how, how can I use that for God? How can, I, how can I take this natural talent, this natural ability, maybe support the church, support other believers? What is that in you? What does that even look like? Okay, next, the, the P in shape stands for personality. And this one's, again, so fascinating to me, and it's a challenge for some of us because the challenge is delight in your personality. Delight in it. Your personality is unique, and it's, in, it's important, and whatever your personality is, it, it kind of impacts what you're going to do in this world, what, who you're going to interact with, right? Some of you are here, and you are huge extroverts, and you know who you are. I mean, everybody knows who you are, right? <laughs> Some of you are huge introverts, like me. You might be a huge introvert. And so if I don't come up to you after the service and talk with you, it's not because I don't like you, most likely. <laughs> it's because I'm, a, I'm, a I'm really introverted. I, <laughs> yes, I said that out loud, right? <laughs> No, I, I am very introverted. And so if you're introverted like me, feel free to come up to me after the service and we can just stand next to each other. We don't have to talk. We can just stand next to each other and make it look like we're talking. So, no, never mind. I, but here's the thing. One's not better than the other, is it? They're just different. Some people are more task-oriented. Others are more people-oriented. And some people are team players. Some people are way more independent. Some people are, are more fun by nature. Some people are just more serious. And again, they're, they're, one's not better than the other. They're just different. And researchers have found over 18,000 different personality traits. Isn't that interesting? And when you combine all of those into different combinations, they're endless. And so in terms of personality, all of you are really complex. And it it's pretty fixed. Your personality is a pretty fixed thing. And we see that, for instance, in like a guy like Paul, 
who wrote uh, almost half of the books in the New Testament. And so before Paul was a Christian, he was a murderer. And so he was going to stomp out Christianity. He was zealous. He was radical. He was driven. He had all of these personality traits in him that helped him destroy and try to destroy Christians. That was until he became a believer in Jesus and had a relationship with Jesus. And we see this in Galatians uh, 1. It says, You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion? How I violently persecuted God's church? I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. And if you know anything about Paul, all of those same characteristics, that passion, that zeal, that drivenness that he had before uh, Jesus, he had that same drive after he came to Jesus, after he had a relationship with him. And so your personality is unique and it plays a big part in what God's prepared in advance for you to do. And so the challenge is to spend some time to get to know yourself better, which is kind of a weird thing because we spend all day with ourselves, right? And so spend some time. I find most people, and myself included, are very unaware. Unaware of the things that we do and the reasons we do them, how God's created us to be. So pay attention. Okay? One more. The E in shape is for experiences. Determine your experiences, positive and negative, both of those. See, as, as, as a Christian, we, w- we would want to say, God, with all that I am and all that I've been through, all of those experiences, what can I do to make a difference in the world? See, he can use your good experiences as well as your, your bad ones. And first, the good ones, we see in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. And so because of some of those good experiences, that obedience that you, that you showed and proven yourself with, people will praise God. And with these good experiences, sometimes there's a little bit of a tension. I remember being in small groups where we would start out by telling our stories. And it was always an incredible time because some people had just pretty intense, radical stories of things that they went through in their past to the point where um, there were other people that almost felt awkward telling their story because they, looked, they didn't have, it wasn't bad enough. They didn't have those things in their past. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Because, well, I, my parents weren't divorced and I didn't have sex before I was married and I didn't get strung out on drugs. Like I didn't have any of that. And so that wasn't, I don't really have a story, which is kind of silly, isn't it? Because your story is almost kind of in the minority nowadays. Most people mess up their lives, right? And so that's a story of doing life with God, of God's grace in your life. And for me, it was always a story of legacy, of faith being passed down from from generation to generation. My grandparents raising my parents up in the church and my parents raising me up in the church and passing down that faith. That's an incredible story. That's what I want for my kids, right? And I think that's what you want for your kids. That's an incredible story of God's grace. That's a powerful story that you should tell and could tell. 
and how God can use good experiences in your life. Now, what about, what about the painful ones? Because some of you are thinking, well, I, I was abused. How's God going to use that? I, I was on drugs. How's God going to use that? And he can use them in a lot of ways, but I can, I can tell you how he could use them. He could use them um, by bringing other people in your life who ha- have gone through that, that need to talk to somebody who's been there, done that, and worked through, through it. So Stephanie and I, a number of years ago, we fostered um, several children. And while and I've, it's, it's incredibly rewarding to do that, um, but at the same time, man, was that tough. Like, that was incredibly difficult. And we had some support uh, through that time, but not nearly as much as we needed. And so we've been able to talk with people um, that have, uh, have thoughts on fostering and wanting to do that, and we're able to encourage them in the good things and help them see, hey, just be on the lookout for this. And God uses that tough time to speak into somebody else's life. And so as, as a bit of a side, if you know somebody that's fostering right now, Support them, please. Like, talk with them, pray for them, but more specifically, get background checks and fingerprints done so you can babysit for them. They, do, they will not ask, <laughs> and they need your help. And they're doing an incredibly difficult thing that you'll never fully understand until you do it. Okay? I'm done with that soapbox, but it's important. But I know... Some people can use the painful experiences, the hurt in their life, to keep them from God. And they'll say things like, well, I don't want to have a relationship with God. He's the one who hurt me. But God doesn't bring hurt. He doesn't bring hurt. And we'll be talking about this in our next series. But God, he, he created us and gave us the blessing of a free choice. And in a free choice world, bad things can happen to people. But it's, it's not God's fault and if we bring those things to him, he can always find positive out of a negative. Romans 8, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so God sees and he knows what you've gone through. And he wants to work through those circumstances, the good and the bad. So spend some time, as painful as it could be, to review what, what have you been through? And how can God use that? How can you allow God to bring somebody in your life, maybe, to use that experience? Now, I think this is important because some of us, we don't really like ourselves very much. Right? But there's no escaping being you. You can try to be somebody else. You can try to put on a different personality, but your, yourself will eventually come through. And the goal is to love who God made you to be. And you'll find the most joy in life whenever you can accept who God made you to be and you can allow him to use all of it, right? Knowing your shape is huge. It explains you. It explains how you handle criticism, how you like to be led. It explains how you handle freedom or power, how you make friends, or explains how you deal with, with guilt, how, why you're so popular, or why you're not so popular, why you get close to people, or why you don't allow yourself to get close to people, why some people really like you and some people really don't. I always found it like, interesting when people were self-aware enough to say, yeah, I'm a love me or hate me kind of person, right? It's so fascinating. But your shape explains what makes you mad or what makes you sad or what makes you worried 
or what makes you happy or what makes you fearful. And so my hope is, and again, this shotgun approach of just putting it all out there, my hope is that you'll be able to say like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. That you'll not only accept how God made you, but you'll enjoy it and you'll thank him for it. And you'll want to contribute that uniqueness that he gave you to the world. So there's a snapshot, a picture of the shape system. You are a complex combination of spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. So let's talk very briefly about a next step. If you feel like you have a pretty good handle on this, maybe you've been through this before, and this is just a refresher, I want to challenge you to use it to serve God, right? Where where is that? How can that be? Maybe it's here. Maybe it's out in the community. But stop by the red tent. Seriously, talk to somebody. We can help you take a next step and find a place for you to exercise that, that shape, and if you have no idea what this is, this is kind of a weird thing, um, that's okay. Again, the emails at the bottom of your notes, please, they're, they're ready and eager to work with you through that and help you through your shape, starting, again, with spiritual gifting, which is so big. And so you have some homework to do. This is the first day of many days of being aware of who you are in God, how God created you, the components that he put together, And it's going to take some work. So we're going to start right now in prayer. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the uniqueness that that you've given each and every one of us. God, that those of of us that believe in you get a a spiritual gift that we can use to, to support your church, your people, and what you're doing here. God, that you've, you've given us desires and abilities that we can utilize for your honor and glory. God, that you, you've given us a unique, a unique personality that will impact what we do in this life. And so, in, in the experiences that we've been through. And so, God, help us to, to take all of these things and put them to work for you. Take all of these things and take a next step into, into developing that, into exercising that. So more and more people can praise you and can know you because of how you created us. Thank you so much for your unconditional love in this. And as we stumble through life sometimes, God, we thank you that we can do that with you. And you're right there. God, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you would like prayer, if you'd like to take a next step, um, we will have a prayer team up here that would love to spend some time with you and pray over you. Other than that, guys, go be self-aware. Go do life with God, and we'll see you next week. Thanks.